You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Jean Chatsky, and today we are going to focus on the markets. As will become clear to all of you when we launched this show, it was actually taped a couple of weeks ago before the market started both its slide and its rebound. And it will also become really clear that that doesn't matter at all. My advice about how to invest for your long-term future has not changed in the last two days, two weeks, two months, two years, or although I've maybe tweaked it a little bit, two decades. And my guest, David Bach, feels the same way. Take a listen. Her money is made possible by Fidelity Investments. Together, we're encouraging you to always be in the front seat when it comes to your money. Discover how at fidelity.com slash front seat. Her money comes to you through PRX. Hey, everybody. It's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money. So I have been thinking, like I'm sure so many of you have been thinking about the markets. They are, and and I'm going to be really, really candid and honest here, they're making me nervous, which does not mean that I'm doing anything different with my investments, but I have been tempted to. I've been thinking about it. I know better, but it made me want to have a real in-depth conversation about what do we do when it looks like we're ready for a correction, but because we can't time the markets, as we all know that's impossible, we don't know when it's going to come. How do we navigate what look like very frothy equity markets in the context of our life goals, our financial goals, and our ability to sleep. And so it was fortunate for me that my pal David Bach decided that he was going to update and relaunch his book, Smart Couples Finish Rich, which was the number one business book, by the way, when he first wrote it in 2004. It sold 600,000 copies. It was featured on Oprah. I mean, the accolades were just coming out of the walls. And the updated book has a special section on understanding market corrections. And it's something that David has just been out talking about and talking about and talking about. And so he is going to talk about it with me and with all of you. Hey, David. Gene, thank you. It's First of all, it's so good to be with you. And I was thinking about this today as I was getting ready to do this podcast with you that we actually met 17 years ago. We are not when that I, old. How is that possible? I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Because we met 17 years ago when I originally put out Smart Couples Finish Rich because this book originally came out in 2002 or 2001. And I got – I don't even know if you remember this, but I, somebody brought me over to meet you at the Today Show. I the remember. The legendary Gene Chatsky at the Today Show. I was in awe of you. No. And now – 10 years later, we're buddies. And, you know, even last night, because we, we, we had the chance to catch up, um, I, I just I came home thinking, like, I can't get over the fact that, you know, here we are over 20. We've been doing this for 25 years. You've, you're on your 11th book. We've got between the two of us now, we've got like 23 books out. 
Um, you have had an incredible, incredible career, and I just I I I'm, I honor you, and I'm humbled by by you. I think the work that you have done over the last 25 years to make a difference in people's lives, and you don't stop. Um, you have just helped millions of people, so you've wow. been an inspiration to me, and I really am grateful for our friendship. Me, me too. And right back at you, by the way. And I did the math in my head when you threw out that 23 number. It means that you're one up on me. It means that you've done 12. <laughs> Oh, come on. What are you waiting for? Get out here. <laughs> Working so, on it. Working on it. You so, know, when you think about this, the market where we are today, right? And, 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 and I, I kind of go back to 2009 for a second, right? When we, you and I were doing the Today Show Money 911 segments for three years. The, those segments started after the recession. And, you know, that was because people were so afraid and so, in some cases, wiped out financially. And we were trying to be a beacon of hope for people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had come out with that book, Start Over, Finish Rich in 2010. And my message back then was, you know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime, right? Like the markets are totally on sale. We haven't seen discounts like this in 25 years. You could buy real estate for below replacement costs in major cities. Basically, you would buy a home. You're getting the home for free because the land value was worth more than what you would pay. You had market, you know, Miami, New York, San Francisco. You could buy condos below what it costs to build the condo. Yeah. And the stock market was trading at, you know, at multiples in some cases like five times earnings when, when normally the markets traded, you know, 15 times earnings. So it was just a phenomenally, I thought, an exciting time to invest. And now when you fast forward to where we sit today in 2018, the markets have gone up almost 400% with reinvested dividends. Literally from the bottom of March 2009, you know, if you've been doing what we've told you to do, you're doing great. You're wealthier than you've ever been. There are more millionaires today than we've ever seen. Your 401k plan should be at an all-time high. It's possible your real estate is at an all-time high. But like like you, Gene, I too am nervous. Um, and so, you know, we can talk about that on this show. Like, you know, what do you do when markets get to all-time highs like this? Because it's it's smart to be concerned, and we're doing seminars across the country to prepare our clients for a market correction and to remind them that when markets get this high, they sometimes can get overheated, and you need to prepare for the risk of a market pulling back. Well, let's talk about the difference between market timing, which is something that we say is impossible, that if you do it, you simply got lucky. You're probably not going to get lucky again. The timing is difficult because you not only have to get out at the right time, but you got to get back in at the right time. And if you miss even the very few largest days in the market because you're still sitting on the sidelines, that can set you back. What's the difference between being a market timer and being cautious? It's a really good question. So let's be first one second, very specific about market timing. So in in Smart Couples Finish Rich, I've got on page 262, I'm looking at it right now, this remarkable chart that shows 20 years of history, right? So this went from, this goes from the end of 1996 to the end of, of 2016. If you've just been invested in the S&P 500 and you just simply left it alone, you basically were like in an index fund. Mm-hmm. If you invested $100,000, you would have today over 439000 This was actually at the end of 2016. So today you'd have well more than that. You'd have So basically the market's gone up four times in 20 years. But here's the but part. Let's say you tried to time the market. Let's say you missed 10 of the best days. 
Well, now your returns have been cut in half. Your $100,000 only grew to $219,000. Let's say you missed 50 of the best days, which is not a lot of the days, right? Like you, right. Just, you were out of the market for a very short period of time. Your $100,000, not only did it not grow, you've lost money. Your $100,000 today is worth $42,000. Now, that's happened to people, people who in 2009 and 2010 and panicked and went to cash and and missed the market moving up. That's happened to people. This has happened to people with Trump being elected. I, I had friends. I just was with a very good friend of mine. It's kind of ironic because he's quote unquote a financial guru, but my friends, <laughs> you know, was very he, he was very candid with me, and he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've been in cash since before Trump got elected, and I don't know what to do now. A lot of people did this. A lot of people who were really smart, or they thought they were really smart, because everyone was saying when Trump gets elected, you know, the market's going to go down ten to fifteen percent. And so he went to cash in his IRA account, and he's now been in cash, and he's now missed the market going up 44% since Trump got elected. So he was looking at me and saying, you know, what do you do? And I go, this is why you can't time the market. So to answer your question, what is the opposite of timing the market? Well, what we're doing with clients, and this is what you should do with your in your own life with your own portfolio, you need to do – you need to basically – scan your investments. I call it an x-ray, right? Like if you go to the doctor and something, you, you go to the doctor, they give you an x-ray, you can see inside your body. Well, today you can see inside your investment account. You can actually do an x-ray of your investment account so that you have a couple things really clear. Number one, you know how much money you have in stocks versus bonds. Mm -hmm. You know what type of stocks you own, you know, large cap, mid cap, small cap. And then you can, you can take that x-ray and you can put it through a risk screening system that will actually you, – you can beta test it. You can take your portfolio today with technology and you can plug in what happened on the last downturn in the market. And you can actually say, okay, run this scenario for me. If this was 2008 and 2009 all over again, based on what I'm invested in, how much would my portfolio drop? Is this something that people can do for themselves? If you have a financial advisor, your financial advisor should be doing this with you. This is the time in, where they should be sitting down with you and discussing risk and helping you look deep inside your portfolio so that you're clear on the level of risk you're taking. I did an interview with somebody from a major magazine like two weeks ago. And what I said is, you know, the average investor was who was conservative, who was in their late 50s, let's call it mid 50s. Most people who are mid, in their mid 50s, seven, eight years ago, they had a balanced portfolio. They were maybe, 50% stock and 50% bonds. But if they didn't reallocate, if they haven't been, you know, as the market's been going up, if they haven't been taking risk off, today that portfolio could be 80% stock and 20% bonds. And I said, and then that person who's almost about to retire actually has a portfolio that's what somebody in their 30s should have. And this reporter said to me, God, that's that's really frightening. He goes, are there a lot of people like this? And I said, there's more people than you can imagine. I go, you know, I bet your parents might look like this. Well, all of a sudden he like went, oh my God, I don't know. And then he went and checked. And his mom, who was 82 years old, who has Alzheimer's, who has a brokerage account with a major financial advisor at a major brokerage firm, when he had him run the asset allocation for him, he came back and said, David, she's 82 years old and she's 85% stock and 15% bonds and 15% of the stock is an Apple computer. Right. So, and this is where we get incredibly worried. I was telling you last night, I called 
A guy named Jack Vanderhei, who's a researcher at the Employee Benefits Research Institute, earlier this week, he's got a database of 24 million 401k plans that he can look at blindly without accessing people's names associated with the portfolios. And what his research showed is that that woman is far from alone. There are, if you look at the people that are. Within ten years of retirement, people fifty-five to sixty-five years old, they have a good portion, or or many of them, twenty-five percent of them had eighty to ninety percent of their assets in stocks. I mean, that, which, that's which is scary. Utter, utterly terrifying, right? Like we're we're both sort of stuttering here when we talk about this. It's really scary. Somebody said to me like three days ago, "Do you think the market could go down forty percent from here?" And I said, "Look, I, I never predict things, right? Like you're, it's stupid to do predictions. It's like I don't have a crystal ball. All I can tell you is the market went up forty-four percent since Trump got elected. That was less than a year and a half ago. So tell me why it couldn't go down forty-four percent." And this goes back to. You can't tell the market, but you have to have a really well diversified portfolio that you're constantly rebalancing, and you need to not get greedy in these markets. What's happening in these markets is, you know, I've been around long enough to remember the dot com days, right? Like, this is like 1999 when everybody was, you know, today it's cryptocurrency,、um, and you know, today everybody's getting rich, quote unquote, on cryptocurrency, which I don't believe that most people really are. But it reminds me of the dot com days when when no one was worried about risk, and when No one's worried about risk. It's when you should actually be worried about risk. When when there's no volatility, we haven't had a market pullback of more than five percent in over a year. That means the market's due for a little bit of pullback. Now, by the way, that would be very healthy for us to have pullback. It would be actually a very healthy thing for this market to cool down. You know, it's not necessarily the greatest thing that we have a president that's cheering the market. Although it's fun to see your accounts go up. I think we're telling our clients, look, three things. Number one, don't get greedy in this market. Number two, be practical. If you're ahead of plan, it's a great time to be grateful. Like if you, if you,、uh, let me give you like the good, the good news on some of this right now is that there are people listening that thought they would have to work until they're 65, let's say to to retire, and you might be 59 or 60 right now, and you're actually able to retire. You, 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 it would be a great time to go meet with a financial advisor and rerun your numbers because we're finding that many people are closer to retirement than they think. They're, they're way ahead of plan. That's number one. I want to talk about the good news, but I also want to talk about how to rebalance because I think a lot of people before we move into let's all retire、um, for those people who are going to continue to work or who are not there yet. Let's go through some of the mechanics for people who are not in a target date fund and who are not having their money professionally managed. Of how you do that,、um, and before we do it, let's just remind everybody、uh, that her money is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. And no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're single or you're married or you're divorced or you're looking at retiring. It is vital for all women to be actively engaged in our finances and our investments before it becomes a necessity. So that means knowing what you own, knowing what you owe, knowing what your goals are, and having a financial checkup at least once a year. That is exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about rebalancing, and that's being 
in your financial front seat. You can learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. So David Bach is my guest. David, by the way, is co-founder of AE Wealth Management. He's director of investor education there. They've got over $3 billion on their platform. Fidelity happens to be a partner of theirs as well. I do want to get to the good news that you were talking about, about how having this much additional growth in your portfolio is a fantastic thing. But before we do that, let's help people sleep a little better. Yeah. So let's start with like the 401k plan, right? So let's say you have a 401k plan and for whatever reason, you set this plan up, maybe you set the plan up 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you didn't invest in a target-dated mutual fund. And for those who don't know what target-dated mutual funds are, they're, they're a mutual fund that sort of sets it and forgets it. So let's say you were sitting here in 2018 and you want to retire in 2025. You would pick a fund that's got 2025 on the date, and the fund will be reallocated and looked at automatically and rebalanced for you and made more conservative as you reach an age of retirement. And there's almost a trillion dollars now in target data mutual funds. So you may be in a target data mutual fund. And if you if you chose one close to your retirement age and you, you chose a decent one, you're, you're fine. You're, I mean, your account is being automatically rebalanced. But for as much money that's in target data mutual funds, and I happen to love these funds, many people are not in target data mutual funds. So and they and they haven't reallocated because they just set it up and they never changed it. So if that's you, if you're not in a target-dated mutual fund inside your 401k plan, you should pull back out your 401k plan. You should look at where your money's invested, and you should have a and you know you could call the 401k provider. You could have somebody run you through what is the breakdown between stocks and bonds. Right, and it doesn't cost and, anything, by the way. These people are your employer pays them money to do this for you. So you can pick up the phone and you can call them. And, you know, like let's use Fidelity as an example. Let's say you had a Fidelity 401k plan. There are phone numbers that are right there available for you to call Fidelity directly and walk you through it. And then there's a couple options for you. One is usually you could rebalance it right there. They could help you rebalance it and take the risk level down to what it should be for you if you realize that it's time for you to do that. The other thing is you could make a change and put it into a target data mutual fund. What are your preferred asset allocations like for a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old woman? So I, I happen to just be an enormous believer, Gene, in a balanced account, right? Like balanced boring accounts where you're 60% equity and 40% bonds over the long haul have significantly less volatility. That means the account doesn't go up and down as much. They have really solid returns, right? Like if the market's average, let's just use 10% as a number. If the market has averaged 10% since 1926, a balanced portfolio has averaged a little bit over eight. I'll take the eight percent with less up and down than try to go for ten. Now, now you can go well when you're younger. You can afford more risk, right? And this is just my philosophy, by the way. Not everybody agrees with what I'm about to say here. I do get the fact that when you're younger, you can take more risk. You have more time. But here's the mistake that I see when people are in their twenties and their thirties and they go a hundred percent equity, because there are people who make the argument that you can afford to be more aggressive. When the markets have major corrections, they don't stay with the portfolio. That's when it becomes too emotional. And we don't have the fortitude to think that far ahead. I mean, that's just part of being human, that we're not good at thinking 20, 30 years down the road. 
we're here's the thing we're not as brave as we think we are (laughs) so when when things are going really well we're really brave and then when things don't go well we're not brave and so the reason the markets go up and down is because human psychology basically never changes You, you know when the markets are going well and the economy is booming we become happy again and we become more confident and even like right now because the markets are up so much what are people doing spending more money which is continuing to drive the market up putting things back on their credit cards again. We have credit card debt back up to the levels that they were right before the recession. Um, so we, we, we always, the reason things are cyclical, <laughs> the reason the economies have cycles is that we actually never learn from them. <laughs> so it's, it's just a pattern that repeats itself. And I think the beauty of if you listen to a podcast like this or you read our books is that you can learn from the wisdom of other people's mistakes and not have to make them yourself. Before we go to the good news, and we are going to go to the good news in one second, you mentioned something that also has me worried, and that's that we're starting to see news reports again about people pulling money out of their 401ks and going on vacation or pulling money out of their homes that have grown in value and spending it rather than increasing the value of that house, which is what a home equity line of credit was meant for. Are you worried that we're getting a little too trigger happy when it comes to all this spending? I couldn't even take it a level worse, Gene. I I was at a, I won't say where I was doing this show, but I was doing a show when I was in the green room and I had somebody come up to me that we both, you probably know this person actually, I'm not going to say who it is. I had somebody come up to me in the green room of a TV show and pitch me, get ready for this pitch, on a new company that will help you do a rever- ready for this? You're not going to believe this actually. A reverse mortgage. Uh, so you so this he's like David. I've got the perfect vehicle to help your clients do a reverse mortgage on their home to take the money and put it in a cryptocurrency fund. <laughs> I, I mean, Unbe- I, so 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 not only people pulling money out of their home to buy cryptocurrency, you now have. Just you have, you have someone like this that has created a company to do reverse mortgages to pull money out of your home and put it into cryptocurrency. Like, like right that's when the markets are this, happen. when the markets are this frothy, sometimes people just get stupid. I mean, that's that's what happens. People get greedy, and and greed leads to a lot of other problems. What is your take on Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies? Just because you raised it. Instead of going like what specifically to specific cryptocurrencies, I think the really important thing about cryptocurrency is that what underlies cryptocurrency is this thing called the blockchain. And the blockchain is this concept of technology that's going to change the way money moves from one place to another. And, and that's, that is real. And blockchain technology is, go, you know, I, I, I'm not an expert enough to give you a complete forecast on where blockchain technology will be in the next 10 years. But I do fundamentally believe that blockchain technology will ultimately change the way money moves from one place to another. And that will change probably everything, much like the Internet changed everything. So so it's the very early stages of a completely massive disruptive technology that will be a game changer. OK, that's interesting and exciting and totally cool. Now let's go to any uh, let's, let's go to all these cryptocurrencies. Okay. So there's, there are, whether it's, I'm not, it doesn't matter Bitcoin, Ethereum, there are a couple major players in cryptocurrency and then there's 1500 other types of coins. 
I Warren Buffett had a comment. He said this is going to end badly. I totally agree with Warren Buffett. I think 90% of the cryptocurrencies out there will be worthless within less than five years. I think we're going to see billions and billions and billions of dollars are literally going to just go poof over. You know, there was a the other day, like three days ago, 540 some odd million dollars disappeared from one of these vaults. Um, you're talking about something that's, first of all, it's totally unregulated, right? So you right. put money into a cryptocurrency and you wake up tomorrow and it's gone. Who, who are you going to call? Like Ghostbusters. Like who are you going to call? There, there's nobody to call. I've had multiple companies come to me to be the face of the of their ICOs. You probably have too, right? Like I had a company call me from – the guy was in Costa Rica on a Skype line that like was kept breaking up because he was in the jungle. And he wanted me to be the face of the ICO. And he's like, if we put your face on this, they will raise $20 million just from South Korea. And I'm like, well, does the technology, like, do you have anything yet? Does the technology exist yet? And he's like, no, no, we're, once we raise the money, we're going to go build the technology. Like, that's what most of these companies are saying. Once, once we get the money, we'll go build the technologies. I'm getting questions from some of our listeners who are saying, I want to invest in this. And my inclination is, well, you've got to look at it like the 5% at the most of your portfolio that you're just willing to lose because you're taking a gamble. And maybe that gamble could pay off and very, very likely it won't. And as long as you understand that this is funny money, I've invested in Broadway shows and lost money. This feels <laughs> like that. So I think that, you know, what you just said, first of all, I wouldn't do 5%. I think I would do less. I've been telling people 1% to 2%. Um, and I think looking at it as a – there's a whole process by which you have to learn how to open the account and, you know, depending on the type of currency you're going to buy, um, different platforms to buy. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that learning lesson. I know – look, my son, James, who's eight, wants me to buy him Ethereum. I'm like, well, first of all, it's over $1,000. So he said to me, Dad, well, you know what? Let's split it. I'll put in 500 and you put in 500 This is us walking home from school the other day. I said, you're serious. You, you, first of all, where, where are you getting the $500, right. kid? He goes, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Dad. I'll put in 50 You put in 950 He's already <laughs> like a really smart kid. So – um I, and I don't know that I'm going to go do this with him, but I, but I realize like it's a good learning lesson, right? For me to actually open up an account and teach my kids how to buy their first Bitcoin or Ethereum is probably something I will do in the next 90 days so that they start to learn, just like I want them to learn how to buy stocks. But I, I do think you have to be prepared to potentially lose it all. And I think you need, you know, there are a lot of saying, well, Bitcoin and Ethereum are, you know, it's like gold. It's going to be an asset class. It actually might be at some point an asset class. Um, but it's not an asset class yet. And I think what I have people say to me, and I'm sure you you hear people say this too, is you call it funny money. They call it play money, right? So people go, I'm just putting my play money into it. And I always ask a question like, oh, that's really cool. Like, did you go out and play somewhere and then somebody paid you to play? Because just so we're totally clear here, if you didn't get paid to play, then this is your work money. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> going to Vegas, that's play money. Like you at least get to go have some fun. Um Investing in cryptocurrency is work money, and the reason you're doing it is typically because you're really hoping to get a great return. And what's happened is that the news and the media and the returns that have been out there, um, you know, they make us all want – like why would you want a 15% return in a balanced mutual fund when you read that Bitcoin went up 900% last year, right? Like because you start to run your own math. And then go, God, well, you know, maybe I'll just put a little bit in there. And that's, by the way, what everybody's been doing. I'll just put a little bit in there, and then nobody's selling yet. So when the day comes that people start to sell, um, all of a sudden people who said, you know what, I was never going to sell this, you'll, you'll, you watch. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a show like this a couple years from now, and I, and, and I bet you 
I bet things will look very different in the cryptocurrency world than they look today. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We're going to wrap this up, but I want to make sure that I get the rest of your good news because I interrupted you as you were laying out this beautiful story for people. So number one, we've got people who are 60 maybe who are ahead of where they thought they would be in amassing money for retirement and maybe they'll be able to retire earlier than they thought or or move to the mountains or do something else that they want to do, check it off their list. What's the other good news? So that's an example of somebody who is still working. Let's give an example of people who are retired. I just got back from, I was in Arizona last week uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona with one of our advisors who had a client appreciation event for 200 clients and I did a presentation. And um, I said to these clients, like, guys, gals, like, you know, the good news is you guys are all because I, I know where their money's invested, right? So I'm like, you're all ahead of plan. Like some of you are really ahead of plan. Like what you were expecting to earn in the last five years, you've earned twice as much money. And I said, but you're still spending like you're not ahead of plan. So my, you know, a great thing to do if you're nervous about the market being up this much is I'm not telling you to time the market, but take a little bit of the money and go enjoy it. And, and, and I said like, go on another trip this year. I said, you know, travel first class. If you can, like, if you have a financial planner and these, these people all did, I go, you've got a great financial planner. Sit back down, find out if you're ahead of plan and, and go, go enjoy some of it. I mean, here's a really key thing that is not said enough because so many people talk about the fact that everybody doesn't have enough money to retire. And, you know, we're going to live so much longer and, there's so much fear that's been put out there in many cases, quite frankly, by the financial service industry. And, and I think what there are a whole lot of people who are in fantastic, phenomenal financial shape and they're not spending the money. So I've been out there with our clients that I know are in great shape and saying, guys, you know, what are you waiting for? Go and take advantage of this. Go enjoy some of this money. Like it, instead of being worried about, Oh my God, the stock market's up so much. Pull 10% off, put it in cash and go have a trip. Yeah. And it was really interesting because these couples, a lot of these couples were looking at each other like, huh, that's a really good idea. I had, you know, we, part of having a financial advisor and having a financial plan is, is, is learning to give yourself permission to spend money. And by the way, when you look at the, the years that people retired, like in the sixties, the sixties are your go-go years. Seventies are your slow go years and the eighties end up being your no go years. Yep. And so it's really important that you get the most out of your retirement when you first retire. And I see so many people who are retired that are just, you know, afraid to spend money. If that happens to you, by the way, if you, if somehow you've got some people listening who are, who are retired and who are afraid to spend money, that's again when meeting with a financial advisor and really running your numbers and, and, and being in a position where someone else can actually give you the permission to realize that you can spend money can be a game changer. Absolutely. And I'll throw one last thing, I'll throw one last thing out here is that because so many people are now ahead of plan, there are many people who have been waiting to take Social Security. One more thing the industry has promoted, wait to take Social Security. Every year that you wait, Social Security goes up 8%. I mean, if you're in your 60s and you're wealthy and you don't need Social Security, I think you should take Social Security early. And the reason is you should take the money and go enjoy it. Like you should go on another trip a year. You should go. You can give the money to charity now while you're alive. You can give the money to your kids or your grandchildren to help fund a 529 plan. The beauty of being ahead of plan with a almost nine-year bull market is that you might actually be in a great position right now to go really enjoy some of the new wealth you have. 
which is a fantastic place to end things. David, <laughs> thank you so much. The book is Smart Couples Finish Rich. It's been relaunched for 2018. It's as good as it's always been. And thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I just had the most fun with you, and I can't wait to see you again. So I really appreciate it, and I appreciate your listeners listening. So thanks so much. 